Welcome, one and all, to Core of Score, your sanctuary for VGM in the 215. This pilot episode will be all about my favorites, my favorite games, my favorite artists, my favorite music, and I want you to get to know me. I think you can learn a lot about people from their favorite things. Despite this, I think I'm going to get a proper introduction out of the way. Um, I am a 19-year-old kid from Rockville, Maryland in Montgomery County. I went to the same uh, Georgetown Prep High School where uh, both Gorsuch and Kavanaugh went to, the two Supreme Court justices. And um, it was there where I fostered a fascination for both design, arts, audio engineering, and music theory. Uh, Currently, I'm a computer science major at Drexel University, and uh, that has allowed me to have a co-op with Phillycam. And so this is how I'm speaking to you now. I'm blessed to be here. I'm blessed to have the opportunity to uh, bring this show to you, to bring my my passion, my zeal, and um, my music, or at least uh, the music I enjoy, to you. Uh, what you just listened to was Mega Man 3 title by Harumi Fujita. Fujita. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of, um, of Japanese names. I might butcher them, and, uh, and I hope you don't take it, um, take offense to that. Or I, I, will, I will try my best to get it as right as possible if not on the first try, on the second try. So I will start you guys off with a couple of bit bangers. Actually, the intro was one of them. What bit bangers are as a segment is 8 to 64-bit um, era music. So uh, some music from like the NES to pretty much like the N64, Sega Genesis, uh, that kind of era of video game music. So up next, I'll be putting... Forest Interlude by David Wise from Don Kong Country 2.
So those were the bit bangers for this episode. Um, that was Force Interlude by David Wise off Hong Kong Country 2 soundtrack. Uh, it's probably one of my favorite uh, songs in this in the um, soundtrack. I think um, Sticker Brush Symphony is actually probably def- definitely uh, higher than this one, but I definitely want a little bit more of a mellow vibe, something to just chill with. I think David Wise is the king of ambiance, um, and he he really gets the atmospheric feel, the atmospheric vibe uh, come across in his um, music, and it helps. It aids into the gameplay as well. It's a very um, it's a very calming experience in an otherwise pretty challenging platformer. Um, next up, we have our segment called Scorecard. Now, Scorecard is a segment where I will take one or more video game soundtracks, either uh, of recent or maybe they'll be part of the theme of that uh, episode. And um, so, again, this this week's theme is my favorites. And so the Sonic CD <laughs> soundtrack. Sonic has always been, uh, like, killing it in the song department. I don't know about the, I don't know about the gameplay. The gameplay is like... It's a little hit or miss, you know. You got you got some duds. You got some really good ones like Sonic Generations, uh, Sonic Colors, but but other the the thing that stays consistent, the thing that remains um, a pillar in um, in the games is always the music. And um, Sonic CD, I think, nailed it out of the park. Uh, the soundtrack is by Naofumi Hataya. Uh, he made the Japanese and PAL versions uh, of Sonic CD's soundtrack. Now, the um, the U.S. version is actually completely different, which is, which actually weirded me out when I was looking it up. I didn't realize it had a completely different soundtrack. Um, and that's by uh, Spencer Nielsen, David Young, and Mark Crew. And when I was listening to both of them uh, side by side, I I found that a lot of the U.S. versions were kind of lacking they they didn't have a lot of um a lot of theming in the in the tracks and there was no real memorable um tunes or melodies to really hum along with it it all kind of when i was listening to it it all kind of like flowed together it was like one big long track and um and i found that with the japanese version it was leagues better in that department where each act each um like present, good, and bad future, and the past as well, um, versions of the same stage all had like their own unique melodies and themes, and and it really, it really uh, put the, um, the the point came across, and it really uh, shined through, uh, especially in the uh, in the gameplay. So I will play you. Stardust Speedway Present by Naofumi Hataya from Sonic CD.
Now that was Stardust Speedway Present by Naofumi Hataya on Sonic CD. Now if you're just tuning in, this is Core of Score on WPPM 106.5. Now this soundtrack, it's very funky. And like I, I really enjoy that aspect of it. I really like enjoy funk and like syncopation. And, um, and that really is like a pillar of this soundtrack i think um you won't get anywhere if you if you don't like funk and um and another aspect of this is that it's like really upbeat and like oddly motivational there's a lot of tracks that are um that are just straight up like the lyrics yeah there there are lyric tracks in this game and um and the lyrics are all just like you can do this like believe in yourself like a the the last song on the album cosmic eternity uh all the lyrics are basically just like oh when you're alone and you have nobody else but yourself like you have to trust yourself you have to believe in yourself and i didn't go into the soundtrack expecting that so it was it was definitely a delightful surprise it um it also uh, shines on the the themes of the game, uh, themes of usually a lot of Sonic games, where it's just like, oh, like Sonic, you can you can do it. You just gotta like go through it. You gotta power up, and like it's kind of a lot of like Dragon Ball Z in that sense. But um, but yeah, it's very memorable uh, melodies in the in the Japanese and PAL soundtrack, and there's a lot of um. You can you can tell in a lot of recent works, uh, especially Sonic Mania, that borrows a lot actually from this game. A lot of the tracks in that game actually take some of the motifs, some of the themes from um, from this game, and um, and kind of reintroduce it, uh, spin it in a different way. And it's really interesting um, to to listen to. And and yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty much it. Um, I will play you Quartz Quadrant Bad Future by Naofumi Hataya on Sonic CD just to get a little bit more of a, a glimpse of what, what this whole soundtrack is about.
That was Quartz Quadrant Bad Future by Naofumi Hataya. Now, the next soundtrack that I want to take a listen to is something that's like really deep and near to my heart. It's um, the Pokemon Coliseum soundtrack. And Pokemon Coliseum was actually one of the first Pokemon games I've ever played. And uh, I mean, Pokemon has always been a like a a core part of who I am. Uh, I think my first game like that I ever received like uh, physically was Pokemon Blue Rescue Team. And ever since then, I mean, I played pretty much all of them except um, Gen 6. Gen 6 was, I played Oraz. Um, I didn't play Gen 8. Yeah, the newest one, the newest one, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to buy it. But uh, Pokemon Coliseum was always one that me and my brother played a lot. And it's a very linear game. You can't catch everything. It's um, very story-driven. Um, and the soundtrack is one of my favorites. <laughs> it's one of the one of the best Pokemon soundtracks I've ever I think I've ever heard. Uh, it's got like a nice blend of like jazz and rock, and like it's got very Western vibes too. It's got a lot of um, a lot of those instruments, and um, and so I will play you um, the I'll play you the Scyther admin battle theme which is the it's pretty much the main um like baddies uh and it's their they're like the leader themes so here it is has always been one of my favorite battle themes um this soundtrack composed by Sukasa Tawada is is very is very cheesy 
it's very it's a very Saturday morning cartoon feel where um where the music wants to push you along and like oh this is a serious story this is this is like a a huge monumental battle and um and like the fate of the world is at stake but at the same time it reels back it's really fun and um and and that's that's why I feel it has that kind of um Saturday morning vibe where you're it's like you're you're basically fighting the um like the baddie of the episode or it's a it's like a villain like team rocket where it's like yeah like they're gonna take your pokemon or like battle you or whatever or like do some heinous uh scheme but at the end of the day nothing really happens nothing really matters it's a very like um fleeting it's a very fleeting um like sense of like um uh, I don't know, <laughs> but, but it's got, it's got a lot of charm and, um, and I feel that it's really, it really hits that, that mark, that point where you're like, okay, well, this is, this is good. This is nice. I'm really enjoying what I'm hearing. It, it complements all the battles and like that kind of Western, um, vibe that it's going for. I mean, the main character's name is Wes. I mean, like, it doesn't, it doesn't get more, much more than that. Like, but but I will let you listen to another one of <laughs> the best songs I think has ever been created. <laughs> and it's for um, Mirror B, who's a character with a like a black and white afro with six ludicolos. And he's absolutely crazy. And his theme reflects that. It's, it's a beautiful theme. So I'll, I'll, touch, I'll let you take a listen. tell me that wasn't nice a really weird theme <laughs> it's it's 
not nothing like any other song in the uh, in the soundtrack, but it just it hits that kind of like wackiness, zaniness factor where you're like you're kind of taken aback at first, but then you start really digging and enjoying it. So I would I would rate Pokemon Coliseum as like probably like a nine out of ten. Like it's 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 up there as one of the best soundtracks that um that I've ever listened to. That I mean, there's a little bit of nostalgia saying that, but um. But I but I really truly enjoy it and I think it has a lot of worth and um an impact. I just wish they would make another um genius <laughs> genius sonority. I wish they would make another Pokemon game, like another mainline one, because I just want to hear more of this music. Um so next uh oh remember you are listening to Core of Score on WPPM one oh six point five. Uh next up we'll have the news at right after we play Green Path by Christopher Larkin off of Hollow Knight.
Now, welcome to this week's tag, or Tech, Anime, and Gaming. Now, this segment is just going to be a news segment, and I will get some headlines in. And um, what I think is pretty interesting, at least, that's going around or going on in the industry. So we have Sony dropping out of E3 with Xbox staying. Um, With the imminent release of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, it seems as though Sony doesn't want to fight on the same turf as Microsoft. Uh, So Sony has decided to drop out of E3 for the second year in a row. Uh, They've been announcing and showing off their hardware and software at PlayStation State of Plays, which mimic the model of Nintendo Directs. Well, only time will tell if that was a sound decision on Sony's part. But E3 has been kind of on the decline recently. And they're looking to make their show a little bit more interactive, a little bit more um, impactful for the viewing public. And so with Sony dropping out again, it seems like they're at a loss. Um, But there are also many other places where people, uh, developers, and um, where they can uh, display their products, show what they are making. Um, like PAX and Gamescom, Paris Games Week, and even the recently passed Game Awards. The FF7 remake has been delayed, to no one's surprise, uh, to April 10th, 2020. Now, I don't know if um, if anybody was expecting it to just release on March 3rd. Um, I think a lot of people were, and they probably you know, like took out a day off or like even, God forbid, the week off just to play the game. And like, it's a real shame that um, now they're fresh out of luck, a whole nother month. So hopefully they can uh, they can play the game on time and enjoy it to their own capacity. But real sad. Uh, AGDQ 2020. So AGDQ just passed. It was the week of January 5th to January 12th. And AGDQ is an organization that speedruns games for charities. And at their flagship event, which is AGDQ, um, which is, uh, they, they raised more than $3.1 million for Prevent Cancer Foundation. So that is a lofty amount of money right there. And all going towards a good cause. Uh, I follow GDQ for a, a long time now. And, um, and they've always been enjoyable thing to watch on twitch and just like the different runs a lot of runs that um i enjoy uh, a lot of, of games that i enjoy so i like seeing how they can be broken how they can be sped run maybe i'll like go into speed running those games too so it's just really interesting um last year's summer games on quick actually raised more than three million dollars as well but for doctors without borders so this is a growing constantly growing um, cause and speedrunning event and I'd like to see where it goes into the future now Demon Slayer is an anime that just recently um, aired in spring of 2019 and it has been making waves um, in Amazon's weekly rankings for sales of manga um, Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba took the top 19 out of 20 say um rankings and the only one that could beat it out was one piece (laughs) 
And that that's that's really crazy to think, because when when you're when you're like a when you're a writer, and you write a, a piece of fiction, and you're like, okay, I got meager sales. This is fine. This I'm like living life. This is a fun little hobby, or I'm doing it professionally, and it's I'm uh, it's like it's it's swimming. But but when that anime comes out, when you get that mass market appeal. And when you're hitting 19 out of the top 20 spots in Amazon's weekly rankings for selling volumes, that's crazy. Like you got to take a look back. You got to be like, okay, now, now this, now this is insane. I did not expect this. But all the power to Koyoharu Gotoke, Goto, Gotoge, because he truly, truly made something special. Uh, Weathering with You is another movie by Makoto Shinkai, and that recently came out, but it's now airing in theaters today and tomorrow, January 15th and January 16th. And I mean, I I don't think this man needs any introduction. I mean, he made Your Name, which was one of the greatest movies of 2016, bar none. And um, I think this movie is also fairly critically acclaimed. And so don't don't miss your chance to see it in theaters. It's really a true movie experience. And that will be the end of this week's tag. I will play a solid jam um, by Yasunori Mitsuda from my favorite game of all time, Kid Icarus Uprising. Uh, This is Chapter 15, Orm Island.
So that was Chapter 15, Arm Battle by Yasunori Mitsuda. Uh, next up, I will be playing uh, Battle, Torna, by Kenji Hiramatsu off of Xenoblade 2, um, Torna, the Golden Country. This one's a long one, but stick around. It's really, really good.
You are listening to WPPM Philadelphia 106.5. Now, welcome back to Core of Score. We are about to have our Composer of the Day segment. And today's composer is none other than the great Yasunori Nishiki, uh, a.k.a. Vivian, as he used to go by. Um, Yasunori Nishiki uh, graduated from Tokyo School of Music uh, and started working at Konami uh, early on in his life. And, uh, and then now he started freelancing in 2015. He's worked on Beatmania, the Quiz Magic Academy series, Gravity Rush 2, Princess Connect, Grand Blue Fantasy, the animation, and The Pillar, Octopath Traveler. Now, I inadvertently kicked off an RPG block with um, Battle 2 Torna, which is played by Kenji Hiramatsu. And um, and Octopath is a game that I played, um, I think, two years ago. It was 2017 or 2018. Uh, yeah, 2018. And it really, it really like hit every single JRPG itch for me. Like it, it had um, really memorable characters, really likable characters. Um, it had the the art was spectacular, and I it, it's inspired me to try to do something in that in that sense in that design space, like working on my own game uh, with that kind of art style, like the HD two D. It just really like spoke to me. It was really good. And um, especially because I really like like some of the old like fire emblems and stuff like that, and and the two D sprites were always were always leagues more interesting than like the full three D models. So Yasunori or Nishiki um, led the music for Octopath, and in interviews he has stated that uh, Battle One was his most difficult track to compose. And it's the one like most people listen to during the game. Like when you're playing an RPG and you go into a battle, like that's pretty much the theme for all the battles. And you're going to listen to it so many times. And you have to make sure that it doesn't get too grating, too, um, too like problematic for the listener, for the player, so that they just kind of like turn off the game. They're like, ah, I can't, I can't handle this. This is, it's, it's grating on my ears, it's grating in my mind, and it's like stuck in there. But I'll before I get into more of who he is or his his role in the soundtrack, I will play you one of his songs, Decisive Battle 2 by Yasunori Nishiki.
and that was Decisive Battle 2 by Yasunori Nishiki. And that's actually off of the Octopath Traveler Arrangements Break and Boost album. It's actually not in the game. It's it's a song in the game, but he um what he did with the arrangement album was based on the mechanic in the game, the break and boost system, he um he broke some of his songs and made it a lot more orchestral and he and he boosted some of the other ones where he made it like a little bit more hardcore he made it like rock heavy and so so the um one of the things that Nishiki wanted to do with the game is that he didn't want to detract the um the overall quality of especially the visuals he didn't want to detract from that um as the first thing people see as the first thing people experience in a game um to his music he didn't want his music to overshadow that he didn't want it to be um the the art to fall uh second to his music so he made it supplement the gameplay and the the art and overall experience of the game which i think is one of the one of the best ways to do it where the the music at least won't be damaging to uh to the experience um he Nishiki did something really interesting with the game and its eight characters in that he created motifs and themes for each one of them and kind of transitioned them into their own um, like big battle themes. So he has like Decisive Battle 2, for example, and leading up to that Decisive Battle 2 theme, he would have the character theme initially, and then he would have this weird transition piece that would lead perfectly into the boss battle music. And he had to do this for each character and each um, track, each like boss battle track. I think there's four of them in the game. And so it was really labor intensive. He had to set each of the boss battle themes to, um, to 164 BPM, and they all had to start in G minor at least. And it was just a pain. But the end result is an experience like no other. I'm really, I was really kind of blessed to, to listen to it. It was, it's extraordinary how he does it. And it really inspires me and my music creation to, to do something of the sort, do something really similar. Now, as we are winding down our time here, I will send you guys off with a with one more of his songs. Uh, this is also off the same um octopath traveler arrangements break and boost album it's called a settlement in the red bluffs so i hope you enjoyed the music i played for you i hope you enjoyed the show this has been core of score and i am so happy that you have been here with me